five Oscar winners and four nominees put on Clayface to make a gangster movie for kids. This week on Rebooted, the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. We're talking 1990s Dick Tracy starring Warren Beatty, Charlie Corsmo, Glenn Headley, Madonna, and Al Pacino. I used to love this movie. I, I remember dressing up for Dick Tracy for Halloween one year. Like, I, I, I 1990 was a big Dick Tracy year for me. When you dressed up, I'm assuming you wore, like, the fedora and the yellow jacket and the suit and everything. Did you also wear that that very uh, glossy-eyed, drugged-out look on your face that Oren Beatty has the whole time? Uh, maybe not the cocaine vibe of the late '80s, early '90s, but I, I was I was pretty I was pretty dashing in my in my plastic hat and my polyester trench coat. <laughs> You didn't want to go as the kid? No, I didn't want to go as the kid. Who wants to be the kid? Oh, I don't know. They let him pick out his own suit, and he said, all right, all right. He's like, give me the biggest tie you can <laughs> Polka dots. You're breaking and entering, you know. Are you going to arrest me? If I were going to arrest you, I'd have done it by now. Then what are you up to, honey? I think Lips Manless is dead. And I want you to tell me who killed him. Or maybe you weren't on his side. Whose side are you on? Side I'm always on. Mine. No grief for lips? I'm wearing black underwear. You know, it's legal for me to take you down to the station and sweat it out of you under the lights. I sweat a lot better in the dark. Oh, my God. But here's the thing. Is, steamy, steamy. Is this a kid's movie? I, this is the thing, the tone is so insane that I, I honestly was like, I, who is this movie for? Like, it's really strange because I think it's this, like kind of a comic book movie before its time where they're like, we're going to just take the source material and really like, like believe in it and give it its due. But it's so colorful that you're like, this is a children's movie. Well, it has to be a children's It's movie. a comic book in the sense that they literally just took pages of the comic, put them on a flat and made the actors act in front of them. <laughs> but also, like, I could not have imagined watching this as a child, first of all, because I would have been very young. I'm, I'm very young. But it was terrifying. As an adult woman, I saw the prosthetics for the first time and I said, I don't want to watch this. This is horrifying. <laughs> it's really like a creature show of, like, actors under, like crazy crazy prosthetics here's how i know it's not a children's movie this movie is so fucking long it's yeah it's so long it's like two and a half hours you have to watch it in pieces yeah and there's Um, a longer cut right i think yeah warren Beatty has like a full three hour like magnum opus cut that i can't even imagine what is in it like he's really trying to make like um the untouchables but like pop which we have done on this podcast. Which we have. Um, welcome everyone to, speaking of this podcast, welcome everyone to Rebooted. I am Brian Flynn. With me as always, Kenna Trent. If you're new to this podcast, we're going to take a classic Hollywood movie, in this case Dick Tracy, and talk about it as if it was to be remade today by casting a whole new slew of actors. But before we do, um, the world has sort of started to move along in, in a lot of ways, and Hollywood is no exception. So we got some news. We have a whole bunch of news. Yeah. uh, News that hit um, a couple weeks back. uh, National Treasure Series in the works at Disney Plus. 
the big D plus is moving ahead with the National Treasure show and I believe a third movie. Um, so fans of the series, like myself, and mm-hmm. I assume like Kenna, yes, are will be treated to the return of Nicolas Cage to the big screen in the National Treasure franchise. But also, we are getting a, I think it was a prequel show? A prequel show? About Nicolas um, Cage's character? A, yes. A very young Indiana Jones type maneuver for Disney+. Plus. Um, and I, I think this is great. I think this is awesome. I don't know who you're going to cast as a young Nicolas Cage, but... Um, oh, gosh. That's daunting. It's very daunting. Who have we cast as, like, another version of Nicolas Cage? Uh, so we did The Rock, like, way yeah. back on the old podcast. Uh, like, one of our first episodes. Um, I remember picking Jesse Eisenberg, who now at this point is too big of a name. Like, I don't know what they're going to do for Disney Plus shows. Yeah. What do you think? Like, Disney Plus shows kind of get... Well, there's only, like, one original Disney Plus show, but... Mm-hmm. Like, Mandalorian is getting, like, top-notch actors in there. That's also Star Wars, which I feel like draws... People just want to be a part of the world for that, I'm assuming. I honestly, though, don't know who would not want to be a part of a National Treasure story because it's so fun. I would literally watch 17 of these movies if they wanted to keep finding um, American secrets to uncover via puzzle it can't be a puzzle an episode right it, it it'll have to be like a longer overarching yeah it has to be much more serialized but like but here's the weird thing i remember so because i think i recently watched national treasure pre-quarantine so it's sort of fresh in my brain still but the beginning of that movie is that like ben gates and his father are at uh, uh like i uh, don't have a good relationship because of the family i almost said curse but it's not a curse it's like their their whole job for centuries was to solve like ben franklin's treasure or something like yeah. that and it's, so it's like wh- how like there's there's already ingrained mythology for a prequel that i'm like you have to address that like ben gates's mom left them <laughs> at some point in right. time right sure sure i know i'm the family kook I have a job, a house, health insurance. At least I had your mother for however brief a time. At least I had you. What do you have? Him? Look, if you just give us the letters, we're gone. You disappoint me, Ben. Well, maybe that's the real Gates family legacy. Sons who disappoint their fathers. And it makes sense now that I think about it, because there is that whole flashback uh, sequence where we see, like... um, like people from different all their ancestors like and how they all participated in like the the freemasons and like stuff like that and so there's plenty of information to work with even just the fact that like the movie starts if i'm correct and there it starts and nicholas cage is like oh i found the charlotte which is where they find the pipe that takes him to like so it's like okay well how did you get there and like where do yeah. we start this journey like how can we work backwards to to create that journey, I guess. I don't know. There's It'll something be interesting. There. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely in. Uh, what's next? What do we got here? Um, D, no more D plus, man. They're just. They're I was just gonna say up. we're doing another. It's another Disney Plus joint. 
Um, Disney is remaking Robin Hood. 1973 animated Robin Hood, the movie that spawned a million crushes on a fox. <laughs> um, yeah, not not to be that guy talking about this, but the writer Cary Granlund, uh, I I like I know her like mm-hmm. I know her very well. <laughs> um, so uh, this is really crazy to be talking about this, like knowing the writer and. One of the things that she tweeted after that this uh, was announced was that she will, yes, make sure that Robin Hood is still sexy AF so that a new generation of uh, young people can can sort of come of age again in, in the live action <laughs> version. <laughs> so that's a genuine challenge. Like, who who yeah. is the version of Robin Hood that lives up to the way people have have created this fox to be? I don't know. I, I like. He's definitely got to be British. He's mm-hmm. definitely got to be. Um, it's weird. It's it's like he's more charming. It's like to me, he's more charming than sexy. But like, I think that's why. Like, really, to you, you find him. You don't find him sexy. You find him just charming. I I, I don't find <laughs> him this cartoon now. Made Marion. Marion, my love, will you marry me? Oh, darling, I thought you'd never ask me. <laughs> But you could have chosen a more romantic setting. And for our honeymoon, London, Normandy, sunny Spain. Why not? Which on both on both sides, whoever you are attracted to, like those these two characters are a I don't know. I like no one really comes I don't know. There's a slew of like British actors that are like are popping in my head and I'm Mm -hmm. like, nah, like what about the what know. about the guy from Normal People? What guy? He's fresh. Which guy? Normal People, the like the new Hulu show that is pure sex. <laughs> cast, give me the cast. Paul Mascal. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. I was thinking more like a list, like Nicholas Holt. You over it? I see. I see where you're coming from. I don't. I. I don't know. I almost feel like Nicholas Holt is a little like. It's a little done for him in that range. I think. What? Oh, oh gosh. Whoa. You mean thirty-two-year-old no. Nicholas Holt is washed? <laughs> he's, just, he's just doing so many of these like, like sort of. Um, what's the right word to describe these characters? So many like. Leading man, leading men roles. It's just very like, dapper. Yeah, maybe lots of charming like, dapper. Lots of uh, these sort of wily period pieces. I don't know. I don't know if 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 Robin Hood would just be like a flash in the pan of that that world for him, or if we need someone real fresh. What about um? What about uh, Taylor Swift's uh? Bo, Joe Alwyn. I think he is great. I actually think that would be a really good idea. I, I, I the only reason I looked him up is when I looked up Nicholas Holt. I looked, uh, I clicked on the cast of the favorite, and mm-hmm. they're just like next to each other. And I yeah. was like, I was like, yeah, all right, yeah. I mean, Carrie, good luck. Uh, <laughs> we will all watch, uh, but we're counting on you to yeah. pull this off. Yeah, so. this better be the hottest steamiest disney remake we've ever seen 
All right, moving on to the uh, the main course of this week's news. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying these words in order, uh, but our beloved Chris Pine is in talks to star in Paramount's reboot of The Saint. Okay. Okay. Wow. This is... Here's the thing. We've talked about The Saint. I'm pretty sure we talked about it when they announced that they were going to remake it or make a TV show or do something with it. Um, It's insane. Val Kilmer is truly doing something magical. But, um... So I feel like you were going to get an audience just based off of that, like, okay, what is this? What are we going to get out of this factor? But now, I mean... They have my attention. They have my full undivided full, attention. complete attention. A man without a name can never be identified. We've got a handful of false identities used on visas, passports. My name is Bruno Hartenfaust. I am Ivanovich. I'm Tony. Tony St. Hubbins. A man who doesn't exist can never be caught. I've been chasing him for nearly two years. He eluded a hit squad this morning in Holland Park. A man who doesn't love can never truly be alive. Never in a million years did I think that they would get a star of this caliber to do this. Um, and it's exciting. I mean, th- this news is kind of old. I mean, it's not the freshest news. This is from April 21st uh-huh. off deadline. Like... I hope nothing from then until now has changed. Like I, really, like, I need this to happen now because Chris Pine is so versatile. Here's the to thing. play this character. Is Chris Pine? Is he sort of the Val Kilmer of our of our time? I don't know. What's fun? Didn't you cast him in our Tombstone episode as Doc Holliday? I believe I did. And here's the thing. I think that that's perfect, and I think his performance in Hell or High Water proves to us that he has he has that uh, potential. But I th- I think as the sort of like he's very pretty, which Val Kilmer also was at the time, and he is like super hot right now. But I'm curious to see where his career is going to go, because I can see I, I see this as sort of being a parallel. We'll see if this movie absolutely like is incredible. And it's like he <sighs> they have just created something wild that we all love. Or we'll see it's if complete disaster. It absolutely destroys his whole career. <laughs> well, all I know is that we're going to get him to do the Thomas the artist scene and that. That is going to brighten my whole 20, 2021. Like, whenever this comes out, him doing that <laughs> stupid fucking accent. Do you the... think we'll get full accents? Oh, yeah. Is he going all in? Oh, yeah. Oh, he has to. Like, there, the, you, don't, you don't do this without realizing, like, you're going to have to play several different faux European characters. It's That's a given. <laughs> I can't like, wait. James Bond shakes martinis and kisses women. The saint does puts on a wig and pretends to be different Catholic saints from all over Europe. And he drives a Volvo. That 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 yeah. is that's the lane we're talking about here. We're all I'm very in. excited. We can't God, wait. This is a movie. And we're not ten talking about ten. TV show, guys. We are talking about a feature film. 
that we will hopefully get to go to and sit and watch this thing. Uh, we hope. Ugh, I'll be I there opening wait. weekend for, for sure. sure. Definitely. All right. Uh, I think that's it for the news. You you ready to talk about this this classic 90s movie? Yeah, let's do it. Guys, this is a reboot of Dick Tracy. You don't want to tell me who set me up, huh? You want Big Boy to hear that? Big Boy did it. Big Boy did it. Big Boy did it. Big Boy did it. Let's take this and plan for Big Boy. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think parents thought when they watched this? Where they were like, the graduate is in this movie? It also sounds like he's crying. It is terrifying. Dick Tracy was created in 1931 by Chester Gould, where he gained popularity in the Sunday comic strips until actor and director Warren Beatty won the rights to the gumshoe in 1988, with the condition that he also star as the titular character. Um, Which brings us to this week's rule. That's right, guys. This week, we have a rule for Dick Tracy. Since the movie was... Kind of, I don't know if you, I think he co-wrote it, uh, but starred and was directed by the same person. Our rule this week is someone in our cast mm-hmm. will have to direct this movie. Um, so it was a little bit challenging to figure out like which actor, director. Yeah. You know. It doesn't I, have to be Dick Tracy. Right. Just, it can be any one of these characters. Yeah. I, um, I feel like I followed the rules, but maybe you, th- maybe, uh. On a technicality, oh. you might think that I cheated, but I, I don't know. I think it, I think I still follow the rules here. Okay. Um, now I'm but, curious what you did. Yeah. How did you go about this movie? Um. Here's the thing about this movie. It is not my favorite thing I've ever seen, okay. and I'll I'll preview maybe what I did. I actually think this movie would be really killer if it was directed by a woman. Oh. Um, like, here, okay. <laughs> do we want to say who our director is, or do you want to reveal who the director is uh, through the cast? I think we should reveal it through the cast. Okay. Um. Now, back to your point. That's very interesting, because now, I, like, obviously, I want to know why you think that. And I'm not trying to say that, like, a woman couldn't direct this movie. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. not true. But, um... I should say, obviously, that it, it, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to think of who you now cast. Like, I'm trying to play the guessing game in my head of like. Because I think one of the biggest flaws in the movie is that ultimately, spoiler alert, honestly, don't even watch this movie. Just listen to me tell you what happens right now. When you find out that Breathless is, what what do they call the? I think it's Nobody. No, nobody? When you find out that she's the one pulling the strings, it's almost like, it's almost like because she's such an interesting character, like she was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. And because she's such an interesting character and Madonna plays her in such an interesting way, it's like, it feels like something's taken away from you. Because I'm like, clearly they didn't know how to create a, a femme fatale that was like interesting or 
Like, like I feel like Madonna did that. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I almost feel like if this story is going to follow the same track, I'm like, let's build out the women. Let's carve out a bigger space for them. Let's make it, let's make Tess like the cool character she should be instead of the person who like, she, the damsel. she tries, to, like, she's so cool and badass. Like she's getting shot at with Tommy guns. And the whole time she's just like, ah, Tracy, like, oh, <laughs> uh, like, she is yeah. she's really cool and a great partner for him but like i don't feel like we it, that is really built out in a great way and instead they spent so much time on the prosthetics i don't love that and so i think it would be really really interesting to have a woman direct a movie like this okay i i get what you're, i get your uh what you're trying to do and i'm interested to see what it is. My whole thing about this movie is that, like, while it is stylistic, it really doesn't... It, it feels like a hodgepodge of things that, like, don't... How do I describe it? Like, this movie really feels like it has been forgotten from, like, mm -hmm. the annuals of film. Despite its incredible cast, like, and I feel like it because maybe it's in the sh it's li sort of living in the shadow of Batman. Like, it's a comic yeah. book, comic book hero fighting colorful gangsters with a kid's sidekick and a sultry uh, femme fatale and all black. And like the Danny Elfman score is straight up like the Batman soundtrack. Well, Tim Burton less. was supposed to direct it, right? Yeah, it feels like they're like that. Warren Beatty just took all of. That took all of like Tim Burton's like art mm -hmm. and was like, oh, we'll just do this. Like, so my whole thing about this was like, I I was like, I need, I hate to, I hate this word, but like, I I'm gonna pick an auteur oh. who also acts. Oh, and I'm gonna use their cast for this movie. So like the people that they work with. Oh, okay. In in huh. their throughout their filmography, hmm, this is a big clue. Yes, now so I'm that's curious. Sort of what who I, you picked. That's sort of what I what I did because you know, like I I feel like not to say that this would be a lazy decision, but like to say like how do you make Dick Tracy for today is like well they kind of made Sin City, mm -hmm. which was like a gritty noir, and I don't know if that's exactly what I would want to watch in 2020 like maybe for 2005 right um so i wanted someone that could make this noir like that would just make it interesting that we'd all want to watch i guess yeah. that it wouldn't just be like trivial in, yeah. in a lot of ways because i think like you're right in that the style of this is a huge huge swing for me, it's a miss. Pat, bring in Flat Top and Itchy. Sam, get these fingerprinted. Flat Top and Itchy, for what? I want to find Lips Manless fast. All right, all right, all right. Hello, gentlemen. Where's Lips Manless? Who's Lips Manless? Yeah, who's Lips Manless? We get to make one phone call. That's the law. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Give me the phone. There's the phone. Be my guest. Make a note, Pat. They waived their right to a phone call. Throwing that out the window, deciding that it's not going to be like this actualized comic book world and it's not going to be that thing of like, because like all of the 
character like all of the bad guys i'm i haven't read the comic strip at all but like i'm what from what i've read they look like they're supposed to in the comic like that's where this all came from yeah why i don't know <laughs> i think so so i think it's because like warren Beatty. warren Beatty, for some reason seems like a huge fanboy mm-hmm. about this movie and he just threw the whole kitchen sink into it because he's like we might not never make another one and it's like well you did that and now we don't need one like there's no yeah it's also insane because if he's a fanboy it seems like he's also taking a nap through most of this movie so like what's happening (laughs) yeah he's not like as charming as as like i thought he would be which is strange because people love warren Beatty. my my mom came out to california like years ago and we were Mm -hmm. at a restaurant and warren Beatty was sitting next to us and she couldn't speak for like an hour she was like she was so starstruck that warren Beatty was like next to her i i but like with this movie i'm just like this literally could be anybody yeah truly so who's it going to be? Should we talk about Dick Tracy? Why don't you go first? Because I'm really curious about who you... Uh, okay. Who's your director? Um, well... Because I think I think I might know who it is. Well, my director is not the person playing Dick Tracy. I'll say uh, that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't want to put that pressure on the character because I kept coming up with names of people that I was like, yeah, like I love this actor and I think they're a great actor and a great director, but like, are they... Dick Tracy, you know? Um, I say as if I have so much care for the and love <laughs> for the character, I don't. So Warren Beatty in this movie is 53. He is acting like he's 67 years old. And so <laughs> it is he's so passive. There's nothing exciting about watching him. Like in the scene where he like wakes up and they're framing him, it's like he was actually asleep. Like he is moving in slow motion. Like he's not he's not gr- great at even seeming like he's particularly like drawn to breathless. It also doesn't seem like he likes Tess that much. Like he is just very bleh. Well, it's really strange because he and Madonna were dating during this movie. Which is wild. It's just crazy. So if that's the reason, it's like, yeah, he's probably looking at his 20-year-old girlfriend being like, oh, yeah, like, ooh, la, la. And then poor, you know, Glenn Headley is just sort of there, just I, being like, oh, I forgot that you were still here. It's true. Like, there's a point in the movie where, like, I think it's in the big Tommy Gun shootout towards the end. Yes, when... um big boy has her in the car and they're like all coming out of the club and they're all, it's a big shoot 'em up. And the whole time I'm like, Tracy knows that they have his girlfriend in one of these cars. Why is he just shooting? And it just hit me. I was like, he doesn't, he hates Tess. He doesn't like Tess. He hates this woman. She doesn't mean anything to him anyway. So, um, I threw a bunch of names around and it's really interesting because I'll say this, I picked an actor and I was like, perfect, nailed it, done. And then I realized that when we cast Batman and Robin, I cast the same person as Batman. <laughs> so I decided not to do that. And I ended up going with Patrick Wilson. Oh, okay. Just who did you cast as Batman? Colin Farrell. Oh, Colin Farrell. Oh my God. Uh, Patrick <laughs> Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Like... I like Patrick Wilson. Like, well, the thing is, is like, he he's very good, and yes. like, the, but like the things that he chooses to do are really strange. Like, yeah. why was he an Aquaman? Well, it's because 
James Wan loves Patrick Wilson. Okay. But well, if James Wan loves Patrick Wilson, then I love Patrick Wilson. I love him it's, too. But it's you're I think you're absolutely correct. In choosing him, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, is this guy the star of a movie? That's a that's a serious question. I don't know. Is he the star of Dick Tracy? I think he has the charisma to make this interesting because I'm sort of seeing this as it's not bright, ultra colorful, hyper stylized. Like it's dark, it's gritty, it's noir, it's you know, a little comedic, but kind of like I think he would live really well in that world. So Yeah. Um I like that pick. I think that's pretty interesting. Like he's very square jawed, like that's the thing about Dick Tracy that kind of I mean, I guess this is like who he is. He's very much like of the system, for the system. Like he plays but he tr- he kind of plays fast and loose with the rules, but like mm-hmm. he always kind of gets his man and a character like that, I don't know, that it didn't really, like, grip me, and I sort of, like, I was sort of trying to lean for a Dick Tracy that was a little cooler, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe not, like, so far as, like, McConaughey and True Detective, like, uh, <laughs> crazy, but, like, someone like Dick Tracy should be cool. That's just... Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, in my mind, he just should be cool. Um, so, I... I, like you, also had someone in my mind that was like, oh, maybe he'd be good. But then I was like, that's that's a little distracting. Um, distracting? And then I picked someone else. Yeah, just like by his celebrity. Oh, okay. And then I picked, who, the person I picked is still probably a little distracting, but I ended up picking Jamie Foxx. Oh, okay. Um, Here's the thing. Jamie Foxx can play intimidating. He can yeah. be sexy. He can be aloof. Um, he looks style. He's stylish as fuck. Like there's all these pictures of him in hats, and I'm like, it, t- it takes <laughs> a real man to wear a hat. Um, but I just think that it could be cool for him to play like a version of Dick Tracy that's kind of like really hard boiled and like like fed up with how police work has to be. Mm-hmm. Like, um. This is something else that sort of crossed my mind. Like, HBO's Watchmen did 1940s crime fighting yeah. in a really cool, badass, and very socially relevant way. Yes. And that is where... That's why I was like, Jamie Foxx could could thread those needles. Like, he could be the one black detective in a, in the precinct that everyone's kind of, like, tired of or, or you know, they, they don't like him for whatever reason, but he, like, he's the best. And the way he operates is the best. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a little more interesting for Dick Tracy as right. opposed to, like, your grandfather wearing a big, pu- like, puffy yellow coat <laughs> running around, like, trying to figure out whether he wants a family or if he wants to, like, fuck Madonna in the back of a police car. Like, it's really – it's, <laughs> like, Dick Tracy's story in this movie is just, like – do I want to get married and finally settle down? It's like, yeah, you're 58. Like, you, <laughs> you should can't had... just date Madonna. Yes? What? I've been thinking. What about? Well, you living alone. And... Well, I like living alone. We have that in common, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, don't we? Well... Uh-oh. Shut up, kid. I think, too, that yellow coat has got to go. The literal interpretation, oh, yeah. the li- just, it's got to go. Because I think you're right. Like, someone like Jamie Foxx would be 
a more updated version of the character. And there's a way to just make him ultra cool. Because that's what we want. We want him to be like, like, like all the other cops wish they could be him. All the women in town are like hard eyes over him. Like he is, he is the star of what, what city does just the city? I think it's a fake city, yeah. It's just like... Because at one point, Al Pacino is like, ah, the city. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> it's literally just no-name city. I think it's supposed to be a, like, fictionalized Chicago. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. I'm going to send you a picture of Jamie Foxx that I found uh, where he's he's literally okay. wearing, like, 1940s attire. And it's it. like, it's like this style... It doesn't have to be, mm. it doesn't have to be like full on neon. Cause the whole thing is like, they used like the primary colors of ink that the original comic strip used. And it's like, you don't need to do that. Like you really yeah. don't need to. Everyone's in that. like, if you're dressed in green, you're dressed in head to toe green. If you're dressed in red, you're dressed in head to toe red. Yes. Like you're it's constantly very... matching. But there and were no times. No one ever changes clothes. There were times when like, when Tracy would take his coat off, I'd be like, this is a look. This is a, gr-. like, it's just, he's just wearing like a tweed suit and it's great. But then yeah. he would put that damn coat on. It's so, it's like hyper yellow. It's wrong. Anyways. All right. I still don't know who your director is, but uh, let's move on to Kid. Wait. So do you want Jamie Foxx to direct this movie? Nope. Oh, okay. We haven't, we haven't reached the director yeah. point yet. Just checking. Just checking. So, but you should know that by every, you'll probably get it after my next pick, but like, you should know that like my oh, cast okay. is, has, is in the mm. realm of my director. Okay. 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 Now I'm now it's percolating. Okay. So we're moving on to the kid. Played by Charlie Corsmo, who in my opinion is a legend. Yes. Of child actors. Yes. He did Hollywood right. But he was blessed enough to do four of the most like well-known movies of the 90s mm-hmm. and then skip town. <laughs> Between this movie and What About Bob, I am fully a fan of this child. Oh, yeah. And also, like, when quarantine started, like, the first movie we watched in quarantine is just, like, a feel-good thing was Hook. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's still today, like, the only movie that makes me cry for some reason. Like, Aww. I just start bawling at the end of that movie. But Aww. he's, like, so he has Dick Tracy, What About Bob, Hook. And then a few years later, he comes back and Can't Hardly Wait, which I watched, ironically, last night. And mm-hmm. you're just, like, he's so good in that movie. And then he's just, like, I'm out. I'm going to go be a law professor in Cleveland. And you're just like, what? He is happening. He is the perfect level of, because here's the thing, this type of role now, I think we tend to be like, oh, this kid is super precocious. That's what we're going for. But there's something so smart about the way he plays the character that it's not annoying. It's not too like cutesy. Like he is delivering zingers. In a way that should not be allowed. Now that's what I call a Dave. What was she doing here? She knows trying to get her to testify. You know what, Tracy? You ought to let me talk to her. I think that's why he got so many big roles, because he played it like an adult. Yeah. He had that maturity as a young child. Like, he is the prototype for the Haley Joel Osmonds and Jacob Tremblay's of the world. Like, he knew to just, like, just... Just be natural. Just yeah. be, be, do what they're doing. Also, I've started saying, I've started telling my roommates to go suck an egg because that's what he tells 
Tess at one point, and I loved it so much. Go suck an egg. I love the line where they're like, who takes care of you? He's like, who takes care of you? <laughs> I, I love that exchange because um, that that whole back and forth between him and Tess when Tracy isn't there is incredible. At one point, he's like, I don't like dames. And she's like, me neither. It's really this is a weird thought I just had. Had they made like a Simpsons movie in the early to mid 90s, he would be Bart Simpson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had that level of like rebelliousness and like just like completely like streetwise punk level but he was also just like cute and like charming and like Mm -hmm. adorable he is a law professor in cleveland which is crazy good for him i'm sure he is very fulfilled in his life so who'd you pick Um, i picked a young actress uh, by the name of Julia Butters, who's in TV mm. shows such as Transparent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and American Housewife. Um, she has, I think, the level of maturity that a young Charlie Corsmo has. Um, She's and- the little girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Yep. Yes. Um, and she that. has, like... she. Watching her in that movie is like, she's just as interesting and shines just as brightly as like her mega co-stars, Leo DiCaprio and Luke Perry. Like, yeah, you're watching like Timothy Oliphant and Leo DiCaprio and Luke Perry like act in this Western. And then she has that scene where she's like reading the book next to Leo DiCaprio and you're just like, she's, she's, she's great. Like, yeah. Um, so that's who I picked. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. Uh, thank you. Um, Absolutely. I, I We will be curious as to see what springs of her uh, feature film debut. Okay, I think I know who you picked for your director. Probably. And I'm a little mad about it, but <laughs> it's okay. And I also think I get what you mean by cast- casting him in a technicality. Yes. Um. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, for my kid, I also packed it. Blah, blah. I also picked a young actress by the name of Lulu Wilson, who has been really kind of prolific in the past several years. She was in um, The Haunting of Hill House, Sharp Objects, um, Annabelle, Annabelle. Ouija. I think she is really, there's something really captivating about her look. And I think too, I mean, she's as of now 14, which is a little bit older than Charlie Corsmo, who was 12 and looks much younger, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think I, I also liked the idea of casting a little girl because there is something about like a streetwise kid that, I think would just be a completely different vibe of um, of it being a young a, a little girl instead of yeah a little boy. Um, I don't mean the, to uh, for this to sound insulting, but like some of her photos on Google make her look like she's thirty. <laughs> like there's like I'm just like, is this person a teenager or do they pay taxes? Like what um, what is happening here? I don't know, but maybe now is the time to have a. Uh, a very serious discussion about the way that we try to make young actresses look much older. Um, now is the time. Here it comes, people. 
<laughs> it's happening now. Honestly, guys, it's been a minute since I've went on a feminist rant, so let's do it. <laughs> These children are children. They don't need to look 25. They don't need to be sexy. They are children. They're kids. I think we can all agree to see them and treat them as children and let them have their young people's lives. Their youth. Um, well, I don't know your actress, so I will take your word for it that this is a great pick. Hopefully, I will uh, see her in something. I guess I have to watch Annabelle now. Yeah. I don't want to watch Annabelle. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Annabelle? Yeah, I've seen all of them, but... <laughs> You definitely saw it. <laughs> hey, listen, Annabelle Creation, the one she's in, is is really not great, but you should just watch it so you can get to the most recent one, mm -hmm. because that one is pretty wild. Yeah. So. All right. Let's move on to Tess Trueheart, played by Glenn Headley, uh, one of the most thankless characters I have ever seen. Yes. Like, another thankless role yet again for the lady character. Um, it's your turn, so why don't you... So we've reached the point where I'm going to reveal my director. Okay. Um, I think I know who it is. Oh, okay. I think. Interesting. Um, so here's the thing. I appreciate that you say that she is a thankless character because I think there is a way to play that that is a lot of fun for her. Like I almost prefer the idea of like Tess is Tracy's partner in a lot of ways and he doesn't necessarily realize how much she does for him but i kind of like the idea of her being the kind of person who's always by his side is kind of fearless and is always like trying to sort of temper him and not maybe not like run into the danger but also be there with him and so it's i feel like it's the sort of i'm trying to think a good of a good example of this but the sort of thing where like it's almost like She's the one who like pulls. Oh, it's like it's like that scene in the Mummy, <laughs> where <laughs> if you had a feminist rant and a Mummy reference on your rebooted bingo, um, go ahead and mark those off. Uh, uh, because it's happening. It's like we're that... still waiting for baked good mention <laughs> and uh, an Orlando Bloom. Oh, we'll get there. Uh... <laughs> don't don't try me. I'll do it. Um, it's like that scene in The Mummy where they're on the boat and and um, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz are like, he's like reloading his gun and there's shots coming by his head and she pulls him to the side and the shot goes like right where his head would have been. Like, I feel like that's what's always happening with Tess. So she's always the one who's like pulling him out of danger and he's just always giving her like a wink and a nod, but really like she saves his life. She is... Mm -hmm that kind of that kind of partner to him in a way don't let him get to you tracy you'll get big boy big boys on the street and they want to stick me behind a desk they believe in you tracy they think if you're chief of police the city will be safe tess there's about as much chance of me getting behind the desk as there is of me getting a new girlfriend instead yeah. of just being the one who he literally hands the kid over to to take care yeah. of yeah here's the thing like tess i agree with you tess is ugh, like you can pick, you can make this character a, a, a great love interest without making her a true damsel in distress. Like, she can yeah. be strong and intimidating. Like, here's the weird thing about it is, like, I kept thinking, like, do you make her part of the action by giving her a better job, like, involved? But I, I was like, that also seems lazy, that it's like, she can't, she can't work at a flower shop and also be, like... Mm -hmm. interesting and 
you know, around and active in this thing. It, it's like, do, what do I do? Make her the DA's assistant or, or See, like the assistant DA? I you hate, know, it's like, I, I hate to reference that. Batman in relation to this movie. But the character of Rachel Dawes, as we see her in something like The Dark Knight, I think is a great prototype for this because, I mean, she really is an ADA in the movie and like, it doesn't have to be like that. But I I love like even at the, um, at the fundraiser that Bruce throws where the Joker is like looking for him, the fact that she's the one who's like, okay, enough, like, you're not going to intimidate us. What do you want? And then that is sort of how she gets sucked into the world. Like, otherwise, she might not have been pulled from the crowd, but all of a sudden the attention goes to her because she's the one who's trying to, like, deflect the attention and just help the people in the room. Like, I think that's a a great. Yeah, I think that's a great prototype for the kind of character test should be. Um, Anyways, who did you? You didn't say your pick yet, right? No. So I picked Bryce Dallas Howard. I did not. That was not who I was going to Who did you think I was going to pick? Elizabeth Banks. Oh, interesting. And then I was going to say, I watched Charlie's Angels and I have some thoughts. (laughs) You have some notes? And I love Elizabeth Banks. Like, I like pitch perfect and like I love her as an actress and comedian, but like, yapes. Yeah. Charlie's Angels was, uh, that was a slog. Bryce Dallas Howard. What did she? Oh, she directed an episode of The Mandalorian. She did, and so she hasn't done a ton. She did a documentary and then a bunch of shorts. Um, but here's what I'll say, because I do think that she got a little bit of flack, at least from from you know, like we would talk about this at work, obviously, because as The Mandalorian was happening, it was like a big deal because baby Yoda. But I feel like. Her episode got a lot of flack because I think it's the one where they introduce uh, Gina Carano's character, who is, but her performance aside, I think I was thinking in the sense that like, as someone who can kind of be entrusted to like, oh, no, 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 no. The episode she directed is the one where they, yeah, where they go on their first like mission together. Yeah. Um and I I I think as as much as lots of things could be calibrated differently on the Mandalorian um I do think that that sort of sensibility is what I'm looking for like someone who mm. if I want this movie to treat its women kinder um I think I just see her as someone being capable of doing that. Will Tess be running in heels? <sighs> That's that's touchy, Brian. How dare you bring that up? Well, I just I I I I'm interested. I want to know. What... I mean, she's trained. She's trained. And she might have to just based on the time period. That's true. At least it won't be from fucking dinosaurs, but uh <laughs> Uh okay. Oh man, like you... Damn it. I th- I thought I had you. I thought I I had you tagged. You think um, you know, but you have no <laughs> idea. So I went and I cast Rosario Dawson, mm. um, who just by her presence brings a level of toughness mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> coolness. And she has the qualities that you're like, you get why she should be the most important thing in Dick Tracy. When his eye starts to wander, you're kind of like, what are you doing, you idiot? Tracy, I'm... I'm leaving. I used to be afraid that 
Maybe he'd never take some time and settle down, and now I know it. I knew you'd never want a desk job, Tracy. Call Dick Tracy. Call Dick Tracy. Do you read me, Tracy? Tracy. Call Dick Tracy. Tracy. Good luck. I just think she's cool, and I think she's, yeah. uh, you know. Make I, I think she nails exactly what we want Tess to be. Yeah. We want to make Tess cool. And right. I think starting with someone like Rosario Dawson, I think it helps just tremendously with the cool yeah. factor. Um, Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Let's talk about the other lady character in this movie. Uh, Breathless, played by Madonna. This is my favorite fact. Mm-hmm. And I wish they were back to back on the IMDb page because this was bananas to me. <laughs> Madonna and Warren Beatty were dating in real life during filming when mm-hmm. he proposed to her and she stalled on the question of marriage. He ended their romance and claimed what he had given her was just a, quote, friendship ring. What? That was in August of 1990. They had been an item since February of 1989. And then the next <laughs> bit of trivia was Madonna was paid just $35,000 for her performance in this film. <laughs> So, um, maybe, I don't know if the two are correlated, Warren. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't really put that my is finger some, on why like, she would say no. That is some real, real, like, Warren Beatty is obviously an old Hollywood type. Like, that is some real old Hollywood shit to be like, yeah, you're my girl. Come be in my movie. I mean, we can only pay you, like, a quarter, an eighth of what you're worth at this actual time. But, like... And you're like, do you want to marry me? Second, you're like the second most important character in this movie. Yikes! Yeah, like if you take Tess out, and if you take the kid out, the story of this movie could theoretically kind of still bump along. Uh huh. But like without Madonna's character, you don't have a villain. You don't have like a mm-hmm. femme fatale. You don't have. You don't have a majority of the plot in this movie. And to pay your girlfriend basically like the amount of money it takes to cater a day on set is appalling. I hope that that is not true. I hope someone just wrote that in as like, like I really hope that is not fucking true. That she only made $35,000. Yikes. Maybe she got points on the back end or something, but like, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Honestly, if this movie was just, like, I want somebody to actually cut this together. If this movie was just about Madonna and the kid, perfect movie, no notes. (laughs) I think that'd be really It's just a little boy who gets, like, adopted by, like, a lounge singer who's under the thumb of a gangster. That's actually... I'm into that. (laughs) You're actually right. And the kid witnessed the murder that they... Oh, Uh you know what? It's all tying together. I kind of... I'm in. And 88 Keys. It's sort of he like needs to be in it too. It's sort of like Road to Perdition meets just the two of us. I I can see it. It's t- <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Everybody in 2020 wants to see that movie. <laughs> um, okay. Is it is your it turn? My is turn? it my turn? It's my turn. It is your um, turn. Okay. So if you haven't figured out who my director is, you definitely will when I tell you that I picked Margot Robbie for this role. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she can sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think singing is sort of second banana to this movie, but they 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 wrote Madonna like five songs that she performs, and it's they're good. not all like one eh, one is bad. One of them is bad, yes. and they keep singing it. 
like this the more song well yeah and i think that's on purpose um that's we'll get to al pacino in that scene because that is the best scene in the movie <laughs> let's, the best scene let's movie. not get to al pacino please <laughs> Um, but yes, she, so Margot Robbie, she's sultry, she's sexy. She's a good fucking actress. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the thing. She's a good actor. Yeah. And, which is so great. Um, I recently watched Birds of Prey. Mm Mm-hmm. It was great. I I don't know why DC can't get their shit together. Like. I agree. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a I think that's a really interesting choice. I mean, I think she would absolutely eat this up, like a hundred. She probably doesn't want to do these roles anymore, but like she would knock this out of the park. Like she basically wouldn't have to get out of bed to do this role. Like it would just be like, right. yeah, just put on your pajamas and we'll film it. Like, but I don't know. Even thinking about like her being in something like Birds of Prey, like Harley Quinn, I think in a lot of ways in. Um, in at least like the live action versions we've seen has been very has been another sort of like thankless character that's there to kind of just please the fanboys if I can say that Um, but I think like she really like made something out of that and it's interesting and it's fun to watch and it's like fresh like I and some people might consider this sacrilege but who cares I think that Harley Quinn in in Birds of Prey is like is sort of an answer to what Deadpool is and I think it's better than that. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I think that that speaks to like who she is as an actress and as a producer and as someone who cares about creating something. So I think she would definitely like she would make something out of Breathless that isn't just like my boyfriend hired me for $35,000 to sing and be naked in this movie. So cheer up, Tracy. I'm the one in danger. I shouldn't be talking to a cop. You know what I want. I want to hear you say it. Well, I don't want you to be hurt. Don't tell me what you don't want. Tell me what you do want. You want me. You're right. I do want you in court where you can tell the truth. You're lying. You want me the same way that I want you. You want me to take a risk? I want you to take a risk. I told you I'd protect you if you testify. Protect me? It's my job. I don't know about your job. I only know what I feel. If you can't tell me how you feel, Tracy, then I can't trust you. No, I think that's a great choice. I picked for my breathless Cynthia Erivo. Oh, wow. That's cool. I love her as a singer. I love her as an actress. I think this is 100% her. Um, she honestly keep, keep Madonna's entire wardrobe, like just recreate all of those pieces, put Cynthia in them. We win. She's a, she's incredible. Uh, I did not see Harriet, unfortunately, but, um, every, everything else I've seen her in is just like, incredible. what's, what's weird is that like, you're coming, you're, you're, you're zagging when I think you're going to zig. Like she's not. Someone who's typically seen as like a femme fatale type, but mm-hmm. there is a fragility in her performances that like Breathless has is like she's someone who's essential. She's like a, she's captive, basically, yeah. like she's uh, being held against her will to do this thing. And unless she, you know, uses her own machinations to get out from under it, she's going to either be killed or you know, 
physically harmed or assaulted, you know, like she's just going to be a caged bird. Yeah. And uh, that's pr- that's really interesting. Like, uh, was it widows? Oh, yeah. She's she's just great mm. in a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that mm-hmm. she's in. So. All right. I. Uh, it's just when I think I know you, you just you listen completely shocking sideways. <laughs> shocking. Um, okay. Okay. Here we go. So, okay. So, I think We're I know coming. who your who your big boy is going to be, right. but it's my turn. Right. Well, let's come to Big Boy Caprice, played by Al Pacino, and let me just say, this performance belongs in a museum. Pick it up. This performance <laughs> should be studied by every great acting school. Like Yale drama should just put this up. Holy cow. And just say, look, look at the freedom this man was given. <laughs> look at all the choices he has made. The only note I wrote down for Big Boy was, is Al Pacino a good actor? <laughs> I don't know. After this, I don't know. See, I feel like there's a, like, I felt a legitimate, like, curve of emotion watching him do this. Like, when he first comes on, there's an immediate, oh, no. Like, oh, no. And then as the movie goes on, there's, like, a morbid curiosity that, like, you're kind of like, how did he, how did this, how was this? Mm -hmm. It must be just, like, Warren Beatty and Al Pacino are just, like, best friends. And Warren Beatty was just like, you can do whatever you want. By the end, I found myself being like, I think I like this. I think I, I think I actually am enjoying like all these weird choices, like his facial expressions and the pseudo intellectual like throwaway lines. Yeah. By the end, I was just like laughing at everything he was doing. But it is it's like you're right in that there's waves like you see him and you're saying, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And then I had a second wave of emotion in the scene we were talking about earlier where he's he's essentially directing Breathless for the st- for their floor show. And you see his full body and you truly understand what they have created him mm-hmm. to be. And then I also was like, oh, God. And I think I stayed that way for the rest of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, who did you pick then? Because I, um, I, I, if you're going to rescue this character, who did you pick? I picked Joel Edgerton. Mm, I like that. The very like Capone kind of like bigger physically imposing guy mm-hmm. as opposed to like the like hunchback slob mm-hmm. um, that Al Pacino's bodysuit makes him out to be. Um, he w- He was sort of on my, you know... Before I had picked my director, I was like, who could be this, like, I feel like Joel Edgerton, I want him to be way more stuff. But then it's just like, I don't want to overexpose him to the world. But, like, that 
kind of crappy movie that I tried to watch on Netflix, The King. He was oh, in. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great in that. I mean, he's always just like tremendous. So. He's really good. And I think, too, what's what's interesting about him is that he has potential to, I think, be like a pretty significant, like mid-level action star. Like stuff like like I could see him doing stuff like Bright for the rest of his career. But also what's interesting about him is that like there was a movie, um, the movie he directed, which to be honest, wasn't great, but I thought he was wonderful in um, Boy Erased, like where his performance is just much more, uh, much more internal and smaller and just the story is much more emotional. Like it's clear he can do that. And so I'm like, I see this. I see him as the guy who is maybe he's flying off the handle and a little wild, but then in those moments where he's trying to just like intimidate breathless into being his kept woman. Like, I think he does both of those things really well. Yeah. And he will not need prosthetics (laughs) to do it. I think that's a great pick. Um, Okay. Should we, should I, should I face the music here and, and defend my, my choice of actor? Say it, say it out loud. For the role of big boy Caprice. I picked Quentin Tarantino. Oh my gosh. Who has starred in such movies as From Dusk Till Dawn as one of the major characters. Uh Uh-huh. Pulp Fiction. Uh Uh-huh. Django Unchained. Yes. Has made cameos in his last two films, I believe. Here's the thing about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, so this is this might not be my strongest pick. And I considered a lot of other actor-directors who might have been better on a talent standpoint in mm-hmm. terms of performance. But I think who Quentin Tarantino is kind of really is Caprice in a lot of ways. Like, controlling, kind of gross. <laughs> um, uh, he can be, like, maniacal at times. Yeah. And... Again, this is still, like, obviously, like, it's going to be a comic book movie, but, like, his eye and ideas for a Dick Tracy movie would be incredible. Like, and he does period pieces so well that it's, like, I am sacrificing a little bit of talent Mm -hmm. for the directing. But let's be honest. I think Quentin Tarantino does secretly wish he was an actor. Like, I think that is his biggest, like, truest like pain in his heart is that he 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 can only be an acclaimed director yeah (laughs) because but i don't care i think it's i think it's i would watch him do this it is it is such a choice ultimately because what you've created is a world where this isn't just like dick tracy this is quentin tarantino's dick tracy right and that's it's it's a whole new world yes You've created. So that is a movie, though, that I would be so curious to watch. Like, going back to what we were saying earlier, like, this movie just, like, the actual Dick Tracy movie doesn't feel like it had anyone at the wheel. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was just like, let's just, you know, Zack Snyder 300 this and just film exactly what the comic strips do. Yes. 
And it, it but doesn't now, feel good. This version is Quentin Tarantino white knuckling it. Yeah. Gripping the wheel until it flies off a cliff and explodes down below. Oh, yeah. Like the end finale of this Dick Tracy movie would have so much blood in it. <laughs> like it would yes. be, it would definitely not be a children's movie, but it would be. <laughs> It Great. isn't a children's movie as it exists. Yeah. So what does that matter? It's so <laughs> let's just let a, the, a guy who has a clear like stylistic approach take hold and just do something crazy with a property that really people have forgotten. Like Al Pacino said this very thing that like he thinks Warren Beatty made like a masterpiece that no one talks about. Uh-huh. And it's not true because it's it's just sort <laughs> it's- of flat. It's not a masterpiece. It's not. And so there's a reason no one talks about it. Yeah. And he's like it was the it was like the funnest movie for me to make. It's like yeah, because you made it with all your buddies and no one told you not to do anything. Like mm-hmm. I just think that this I think this sparks so much interest in my brain that I just went for it. And I I am going to pre I'm going to stand on this hill and say if a Quentin Tarantino made his last movie as, like, a Dick Tracy pulp noir. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not very Sin He directed some, like, scene of Sin City, but, like, I, I'm, like, if he fully embraced this, I think we would get something so amazing that I'm willing to say, like, fine, you can be one of the stupid fucking leads of it and just let him do his thing. <laughs> I mean, you did it. I did it. I mean, honestly, if he did direct Dick Tracy, he would make like Leo DiCaprio the fucking bad guy. And they'd just be like, I've already seen that. So yeah. I did it. Anyways, that's that's what we that's what we got. Yep. Um great job. I liked your picks a lot. Thanks. I liked yours as well, except for Quentin Tarantino. I don't care. I, I'm <laughs> I'm sticking with it, man. That's great. Um, should we get to the most important character? Yeah, absolutely. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? What do you got? Uh, okay, I would just like to say, Barry Pepper, who has not been in a Quentin Tarantino movie, so it kind of breaks that little lineup, right. but who was in Crawl, Quentin Tarantino's favorite movie of 2019, Yeah, I feel like would get a bit part in Quentin Tarantino's Dick Tracy for sure mm-hmm. as Sam Ketchum, Dick Tracy's orange-clad oh, sidekick. Yes, yes, yes. Who's always on the... The phone, right? Yeah, he's the only one who's just like, the come phone. on, Tracy, we're we're late for the crime. We gotta, <laughs> gotta get down to the docks, Tracy. Big stuff happening. We're missing the crime. We're missing the crime. It's crimes happening now. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the here's the truth about Barry Pepper. He could be any single character in this <laughs> yeah, movie. I know, I know. Anybody like this is he would absolutely be in this movie because of the level of the level of character actors that they have pulled for this. Like today, Barry Pepper is just if he is not being considered by a casting director, like what are they thinking? Right. Absolutely. Um, But because we love him and because uh, and I think also because this is sort of a perfect place for a, they cast a, a, a big actor for this to play sort of a small part i was like why not i made him da fletcher dick van dyke's character yeah he like i kept i kept switching him out for like sam or the da or like james con's like gangster who gets murdered or like 
literally any other character. Like he could be the diner owner and you would you would still get like seven minutes of screen time because everyone in this movie got at least seven minutes of screen time. Yeah. Uh, he could be mumbles like Dustin Hoffman probably worked for three oh days. And I kept no watching one the should scenes. be mumbles. And I kept watching this and I'm like, is he even in the same room as anyone? Like there's a scene where like Al Pacino tells him to shine his shoes. And it's like the way it's matching. I'm like, I don't think these guys were in the same like building. It's really strange. Um, they Vin Diesel, Dwayne yeah. Johnson did. Um, my favorite note from this movie amongst a lot of favorite notes was uh, producers lobbied for former president Ronald Reagan to play the role of prune face. But this was by Warren Beatty. Uh, come on. That would have been so weird. So strange. <laughs> to pull like dementia riddled Ronald Reagan out from like retirement. Yeah. To play prune face because he's just old. Like. That would have been that would have been insane. No, 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 thank you. But like, why not? You have everyone else in this goddamn movie. Like, let's just put in, let's put in everyone. Let's just get them all in here. Let's get Michael Jordan to play a part. Like, it doesn't matter. Why not? At this point. Yeah. Um, any other notes that you got? Honestly, I think we've covered it all. I think we have. Um, would you remake this movie? In another life, in which. We were not inundated with comic book films. Yes. But in a world where there are just, this would get lost in that noise. I think not. Hmm. I say yes. Maybe not my version, but I would definitely watch a Dick Tracy remake on Netflix or something. Like, mm -hmm. do you see the trailer for Perry Mason? Oh my gosh. Netflix? I was actually going to bring this up because. So Matthew the Reese. Matthew Reese, it? Perry Mason. Yeah. I was like, this is what this is what we want. That's that's sort of like I would if like because that's on HBO. If Netflix was like, we we're gonna do this, but for Dick Tracy, I would definitely be in. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a sucker for like matte painting sets and like Madonna duets with Mandy Patinkin. Uh, <laughs> I would I would definitely want to see it. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Um, Alright guys, thank you so much for joining us this week on Rebooted. If you like this episode, please check out our next episode. Please check out our past episodes. We are racing towards 100 episodes here, guys. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell your enemies while you are all safely inside and distance, you know, cleaning your apartment is a non-stop thing. Put on an episode. Check That's out true. a movie. Why That's not? That's a good idea. Kenna, where can people find us? That's practical ideas from us right there. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can find us um, on social media at RebootedPod everywhere. Look us up. Uh, all right, guys. We'll see you next time. That's all, folks. <laughs> it's Warner Brothers. That'll, Sorry. That'll Sorry. Works. We'll just cut it out. Let's <laughs> This is so awkward.